All summer, colleges were making plans to reopen. I mean, it was just a massive, complicated logistical challenge that these schools were dealing with. They upgraded HVAC systems. They installed plexiglass. They installed hundreds of gallons of hand sanitizer around campus. They had to buy masks in large quantities. They had to figure out housing so that students weren't, you know, on top of each other. Did they spread out the bathrooms enough so that there weren't people spitting into the sink at the same time when they brushed their teeth in the morning? Every element of life on campus had to be rethought. How would you say it's going now that students are actually back? It's been rough at a lot of schools. Rough. Rough, chaotic, confusing, kind of frightening. There are some schools where those plans are working, but there are a lot of schools that have seen holes and weaknesses in their plans exposed pretty quickly. And some colleges have already seen huge outbreaks of COVID-19. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, September 1st. Coming up on the show, the chaos on college campuses as they start to reopen for fall semester. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. A lot of schools are following a similar basic protocol to keep students safe on campus. But there are a few key areas where they've got different approaches, like making sure students don't have the virus when they show up. There are schools that are saying, you know, it's not just enough to test negative right before you come because you could be exposed while you're sitting in that airplane. So you got to test negative on arrival and then again two or three days later and then again two or three days after that. But then you had schools that said, okay, test within a few days before coming, and then you're good to go. And then you had schools that say test within a few weeks before coming. Some schools did require you to self-isolate in some way before arrival. Others did not. You had some schools say, show up and let's go. It turns out that these small policy differences have had a big impact. So the schools that were not as strict to begin with that let students just come onto campus, maybe they had to test once beforehand. Schools that didn't require masks absolutely everywhere or where there may be a large part of the student body living off campus. Those are seeing case counts rise within a matter of days of classes starting. One school that was less strict with its reopening plan was the University of Alabama. It set up socially distanced classrooms and required masks on campus, but most of its 38,000 students were only required to have one negative test in the two weeks before coming back. And it doesn't seem like enough. In the first week and a half that students were back on campus, more than 1,000 people tested positive. Jessa Reed Bowling did four years of undergrad there and is now just starting grad school. And what are you studying? I'm getting my master's in journalism, and that's what my undergraduate degree was in as well. 
Nice. Journalism, great choice, mm -hmm. I'll tell you. <laughs> Jessa says that during any other year, life at the University of Alabama involves a lot of in-person interaction. Normally, pretty much anywhere you go, it's packed. Normally, everywhere you go, you see so many groups of students just walking around, having fun. The quad is normally packed. People out there playing games and things like that. Not to even mention the football season starting. It's an experience like no other. It's incredible. You know, the stadium fits over 100,000 people. And it's a terrible football program, right? Just horrendous. I will hang up right now. <laughs> I will hang up right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a University of Oregon Ducks fan, so I got to just oh, throw no. that in there. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Jessa was one of the students that had to leave campus in the spring when the pandemic began. And over the summer, she was waiting to find out what the plan would be for the fall. When did you learn that the University of Alabama was going to have in-person classes, and what was your reaction? I want to say that it was maybe early July we found this out, that we were coming back for the fall. And my initial reaction was shock, because I watched the number of cases continuously go up over the summer, and it just kept rising and rising. And I thought, surely there's no way that they're going to have in-person classes. Surely they'll announce any day now that they're going to be online. The idea of 30,000 students coming back to Tuscaloosa was something that I never thought would happen. When the university released its plan for reopening, though, Jessa was cautiously optimistic. Then she got to her first class. The class wasn't what actually worried me. It was when I was leaving class and I decided to walk through the quad just to see what it was like because I hadn't been back to really look at what it was like on campus all summer. And then I get out there and I see students who are not wearing masks. I see groups of students who are playing games. They're playing Frisbee. They're playing baseball. I, I remember... Out of curiosity, I counted one group of people, and there were about 11 of them. Only one was wearing a mask. None of them were six hmm. feet apart. What was going through your mind as you saw all those students in the quad not social distancing and not wearing masks? So much frustration was going through my mind. It's maddening. It's maddening to see so many people that just seem to brush it off. I know that the college experience is something that everybody wants, and it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, to a degree, carefree, and you make new friends, and you have all these opportunities to socialize, but it's a sacrifice that we all need to make. It's a sacrifice that I thought all of us would agree we need to make mm -hmm. because we love the school and we care about each other. But what happens when not everyone makes the sacrifice? That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. 
Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Jessa decided to live with her parents off campus this year, which means she's taking a lot of precautions so she doesn't bring the virus back home. I always wear my mask and my face shield. Uh, You know, if I can open a door with my elbow or with my foot, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, (laughs) it might sound silly, but I even watch how much water I'm drinking because I don't want to have to use any of the bathrooms on campus. I'm afraid Mm. to touch anything. I bring my Clorox wipes and I wipe down my desk and even the seat I'm going to sit in. I think that I'm doing everything that I can, and I hope that it's enough. But at a school as large as the University of Alabama, it's not just her own behavior she has to worry about. Here's our colleague Melissa again. Alabama draws students from across the state. They also draw students from across the country, including from some areas where the positivity rate now is just quite high. So you have students from all over convening. You have mask rules in classrooms and certain central areas, but students don't always wear their masks when they're off campus, when they're in houses, when they're gathering. There's also a big bar scene in Tuscaloosa. It's not clear exactly where the transmission is happening, but it is happening. The most recent data from the university showed that on average, around 100 students a day were testing positive, though none have been hospitalized, at least as of Friday. And the school says that what's happening on campus isn't the problem. They're kind of saying, Don't blame us. Our policies are really good. It's what the students are doing off campus, on their own. The school has said they feel confident that students aren't transmitting the virus in in in-person classes, that the masks, the social distancing, the kind of some people in person, some people online, that has worked. But that the real challenge, the real risk is this off-campus transmission. Do you think it was reasonable for colleges and universities to expect that students would come back and not participate in those things? I think it's fair for colleges to expect their students to act like adults, because they are adults. That said, you can't expect them to act like monks. Some (laughs) schools have to expect that students will want to socialize. That is a huge part of why they wanted to be back on campus, is to see their friends, to engage in those social activities, their volunteer work, the student newspaper, the drama club, things like that. It's just hard not to. So I think you have to give a little bit of grace to the students, but you also do have to have high expectations for them if this is going to work. Last week, the university put a temporary moratorium on any in-person gatherings outside of class, and the mayor of Tuscaloosa ordered bars to close for two weeks. What would you like to see the university do? I guess... So much of what I want to see them do, it's too late for, because I I would have rather seen so many more measures being taken before students ever set foot on campus. I can't really blame people for not knowing how to handle a pandemic. I just know that so far, since we're getting over 100 cases a day, what we have been doing has not been working. As cases tick up, Jessa is wondering if staying on campus is worth the risk. Actually, September 4th is the day that we're able to actually still drop our classes and get our tuition money back. So Hmm. it's an idea that I've played with all summer. It's an idea that I still play with, you know, right up until the day I'm counting down the days for how long I have to, to make that decision. I know that there are other students I've talked to who have gotten here and said, 
the cases are too high. I didn't think that they would get this high. I'm leaving. I know that my professors are incredible. They have a great program that I'm in, but I don't know if it's going to change as more students potentially go into isolation, as more instructors potentially have to quarantine. So it's it's hard to say ultimately if it's going to be worth the money. What is it going to take for you to make that decision? Um, I don't fully know. I just know that whatever decision I make, I'm potentially risking having this huge regret of wondering, did I make the right decision? So every single day, it just feels heavier and heavier. Like a lot of people across the country, Jess is dealing with the gap between the way she wanted this year to go and what's actually happening and how hard it is to keep existing in limbo. People don't want things taken away from them. They want privileges given to them. It's much easier to start with a very tight set of restrictions and then loosen them up as things get better. It's much harder to start college with kind of a bit more of a laissez-faire attitude around student movement, around gatherings, things like that, and then try to tighten up afterwards. It's a lot easier to manage things that way than to start open and then shut down bit by bit. What do you think that the rest of this semester will look like or even into the spring? Oh my goodness, I don't think we can even think to a month from now yet. (laughs) It's really hard to predict what's going to happen, but I do think people will start to take this more and more seriously as more schools send students home. So maybe a real sense of consequence might actually get students to start self-policing each other. A sense of consequence, a sense of, hey, this is serious, we really might have to send you home, but also a sense of shared sacrifice. This idea, we're in this together, you're doing this for yourself, but you're also doing this for me. So please don't be selfish, because your selfish behavior could affect all of your classmates. Everybody has to be a part of the solution here. It can't just be setting rules and policies and then crossing your fingers that students follow it. The students really need to understand what's at risk here, what's at stake here. What do you think this says about where America is in the fight against COVID? It shows that we're very much still in the throes of things and that it's still a very precarious gains that we're making against the virus. Because a school could be doing very well for three weeks and then something could happen, right? There could be a group of students that travel somewhere. There could be one party that becomes a super spreader event. So we're not in the clear. We have some elements of normalcy, some semblance of normalcy in some areas of our lives, but we are not in the clear yet. And I think what's happening on college campuses really illustrates that in a stark and frankly kind of scary way. all for today, Tuesday, September 1st. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.